the long-awaited episode has finally arrived. Hello, friends. For those of you who don't know, my name is Chris, and I'm the host of the Whiskey Noobs podcast, and today we are finally drinking a Japanese whiskey. This is the first Japanese whiskey that we've had on the show, and I've mentioned before the reason for that is that I don't know as much about Japanese whiskey. I don't have as much of a profile for it in my mind. I haven't drank enough of it to really have a solid profile when somebody says Japanese whiskey that I'm like, oh, this is what it's going to taste and smell like. I don't have that for Japanese whiskey. Uh, so I kind of put it off, not because I was afraid or anything like that, uh, or so that's what I tell you, <laughs> um, but I actually put it off because I wanted to get through the thick of this stuff, you know, the the main info that I wanted to tell to all the new people, and I wanted to give some reviews that I was very confident in. That way I could, you know, establish a good basis for everybody who was newer and listening. Uh, but now that you guys have been listening thus, thus far, uh, we're about 20-something episodes and I think this is 24. And now that you guys have made it that far, I think it's time that we try something new together. Uh, I've never had this specific whiskey before, and I'm very excited to try it. I actually might, okay, I might have just lied. I might have had it one time at somebody's house. It was not mine, and they served it to me, and I didn't know what it was at the time. I'm thinking that was either uh, Whiskey Toki or it was Hibiki, but I don't know for sure. But at any rate, um, I'm excited to try it, and I don't remember what it tasted like if it was this whiskey. So we're going to go through this together and get kind of a taste for it, and I think that's going to make it a bit more fun uh, now that we can do something like that. So don't judge me if my tasting notes are way, way off of what they're supposed to be. I have no idea what this is supposed to taste like, and um, like I would mentioned before, I'm getting one piece of the puzzle here. I just ate dinner, so my palate uh, is not very fresh, and uh, I'm drinking it neat, so that's just one way that I will be drinking it, and it's at one palate condition, I'm seeing one piece of the puzzle, uh, which is something that a lot of you guys have been doing as you've been listening along, so this will be something we can do together, and I think that'll make it pretty fun. Uh, now, you might have noticed that I posted on TikTok and on Instagram about asking for recommendations for Japanese whiskey. Thank you to everybody who responded. Got some very good recommendations in the comments and the DMs. So, we landed on Suntory Whiskey Toki. And the reasoning for that, I don't want anybody to think, oh, you didn't pick my whiskey because you don't like me. No, uh, that's not the reason. The reasoning for that is that this whiskey was the most readily available near me and also affordable. And I wanted it to be affordable because if you've been listening along and just getting into the hobby, there's a very good chance this is also your first Japanese whiskey. And I'd hate for us to get a very expensive one and then you end up not liking it. So this is an affordable Japanese whiskey, easily accessible. That way, everybody on the email list would be able to go out and get it. And also got some very good recommendations. So I'm really excited to see what we get from this. This is between $30 and $40. I, I want to say it was like $37. I don't remember, though, to be totally honest with you. Um, but it was between $30 and $40. So it's, you know, your middle shelf. And I'm excited to see what you can expect from a middle shelf Japanese whiskey. But as always, this isn't going to apply to all Japanese whiskeys, but it'll give us an idea of what we can expect. Now, if you did make a recommendation that didn't get picked, I just want to throw this out there that we're for sure going to be having more Japanese whiskeys on the show, especially because it's so new and exciting for me as well. So have no fear. Your whiskey will most likely make it onto the show. There were a lot of uh, ones that were recommended that uh, were recommended multiple times. They're very popular, and I definitely want to try all of them. So we will be doing that in the future. 
but a little bit of background on Suntory Whiskey Toki specifically. I don't, I've heard people pronounce it Toki as well online, uh, but it just it sounds like Toki to me when I read it in my head. So I'm saying Toki. Uh, it is a blended whiskey, first of all. So it's actually a blend of multiple different kinds of whiskey. And some of those whiskeys are grain whiskeys and some are malt whiskeys. I believe it's three whiskeys. Uh, and so some of them are going to be malts. They're going to be mostly barley. They're going to be barley-based whiskeys. And then some, I think the other two, if I'm not mistaken, are both grain whiskeys. So they're actually going to be less barley and more of just any other grain. They don't really uh, disclose the mash bill. It was kind of difficult to find some of the background online. I did notice on Suntory's website, they give a little bit less background than a lot of the other whiskeys that we've had on the show. So that's very interesting. Uh, Japanese whiskeys does have a little bit of a reputation for being a little bit more abstract, a little bit looser on the rules. And if you want to hear more about those rules for Japanese whiskey, you can hear about that in episode 13. Uh, I talk about the rules that make something a Japanese whiskey and also a Canadian whiskey. Uh, But this episode is just going to be a review specifically of uh, Suntory Whiskey Toki. As I mentioned, this is a blended whiskey. It's 43% alcohol by volume, so it's a little bit higher than that 40% minimum that most whiskeys have. And I mentioned it's a mix of malt whiskey and grain whiskey. So the, the mash bill is not really going to be exactly like anything uh, that we have had. My guess would be it would be the closest to Crown Royal because most Canadian whiskeys also do a base whiskey and a flavoring whiskey. So they have a mix of grain and uh, flavoring, I believe they call it, whiskey. Uh, but it's going to kind of be its own thing, which I think will be very interesting. And there's also no age statement uh, that I was able to find online. If you're able to find the age of it, let me know. But I actually read on it people saying there is no age statement. They don't tell you how old it is. So this is definitely going to be an interesting one. Right off the bat, I notice that it is very pale compared compared compared, compared to other whiskeys that we've had on the show. And that would lead me to believe that this is probably a pretty young whiskey. It could also mean that the uh, whiskey was watered down a bit before putting it into the bottle. And that also could lead to it being a little bit more pale. But whatever it is, whatever the reason for it is, it's certainly a little bit more pale than other whiskeys. Another thing I noticed which made me extremely sad when I went to open the bottle was well first of all it was really hard to open they put this like plastic velvet on it you know most whiskey bottles have the plastic you peel off there's like a velvet on it and maybe it's just me i don't know but it was hard to get the velvet off it like there was a little tab i thought and i pulled it and the tab broke and so then i had to like pick away at it for a sec i actually did that in an earlier cut and i cut it out because i ended up getting frustrated with the bottle at any rate i got that plastic velvet off and then i noticed immediately that there's no cork it's a screw on top uh, which makes me sad (laughs) but it doesn't really have much of an effect on your experience other than i like corks i like the noise that you get when you pull a cork but that's okay we're still going to give it a fair shake like i said this is about a mid-shelf japanese whiskey so we're going to give it a fair shake and see if it can give us an idea of what to expect from japanese whiskey One interesting thing that I learned about it when I was reading up on it online is that toki means time in Japanese. So this whiskey is literally called Whiskey Time, which is a really fun name, I feel like. I feel like that's a lot of fun. They literally just named their whiskey Whiskey Time. So that's pretty cool, and it also sounds cool if you don't know what toki means, which I didn't until I looked it up, and now you do. But without any further ado, if you're listening, if you're on the email list, if you're drinking along, Let's go through this together 
Let's take a sip of our first Japanese whiskey on the show. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it was the pale color or the not, the not having a cork, but I was expecting it to not be nearly as good as that just was. That was very pleasant, I feel like. I also forgot to mention the legs. I want to start mentioning those a bit more often. There's a lot of thin legs that streak down the glass. They move kind of quick compared to other whiskeys, and they're extremely thin, um, which would typically indicate there's going to be a little bit less body to it, I believe, but... I wouldn't say there's a lack of body. Um, this tastes almost like an Irish whiskey to me, like an Irish or like some scotches, like your pale or scotches. Um, this has those light notes to it that you get from those. I haven't nailed them down specifically yet. I'm going to take another taste before I do that. But right off the bat, super different from a bourbon. And I had mentioned that I thought it might be similar to like Crown Royal, and this is nothing like Crown Royal. This is right up the alley of a, of a scotch or an Irish whiskey. And the nose is is pretty strong flavored uh, for what I was expecting. When I hear grain whiskey, I usually assume it's going to be stronger alcohol and less flavor. But this does have a really good aroma to it. It's it's not hard to find the flavors in it. Right off the bat, I'm getting some like vanilla honey. Very light. They're, they're all light notes. There's nothing like bold and dark there's no like strong cocoa i'm not really getting strong woody notes but some very nice light flavors i'm thinking maybe the only flavor that i'm really strongly getting on the nose is that vanilla honey but there could be something else going on there's kind of another sweetness in there but i can't really nail it down but there's a lot of that vanilla honey, uh, kind of similar to what I think we said about Jameson. So it, it has a similar profile to that so far. Let's take another taste and get a more in-depth review of what the palate tastes like. There's kind of a lot going on with the palate. I'm pretty impressed, actually. Uh, still kind of those upfront light sweetnesses. There's something a little bit more bold in the back, and I'm not 100% certain what it is. It almost tastes... And maybe this is just in my head from the barley taste. This might be in my head from having Laphroaig very recently. It kind of tastes like you put literally like a drop, like one droplet of peated scotch in here. And it's just barely on the back. And that might just be coming from the uh, the barley. I'm not 100% sure. I have no idea if they put any peated, peated, not scotch, but peated whiskey in here at all. But it does have almost that that smoky depth to it. Uh, but it, it, like I said, it doesn't taste like woody necessarily, so it is almost like peated. I don't know 100% what it is, but it tastes very good. It's very complex. I'm going to give it another try. So yeah, still those light sweet notes, maybe a little bit of almost like a granola or uh, like, yeah, granola or like graham cracker would probably be the way I would describe it, but not as sweet as a graham cracker. It has that bitterness to it that Justin and I talked about with Jameson actually. And I'm going to guess that's because of all the barley in here. But that's the the tones that I'm getting. There's also a light fruitiness. And I want to jump out and call it citrus, but I don't think it's citrus. Uh, but it's kind of giving me that flavor because I'm, com- I'm comparing it to monkey shoulder, I think. And monkey shoulder, I always get a strong orange from. But there's a little bit of a fruitiness in there. Not 100% sure of what it is. Like I said, I don't have a profile nailed down for this. This is no different than you going through and doing this tasting right now. Um, so that's the the knee-jerk impression that I'm getting of it. Let's talk about the finish a little bit. One more sip. 
There's no doubt in my mind there's a flavor profile in there similar to peat that gives it like a boldness, gives it like a depth. Now, when you swallow, I feel like that does go away. It gets a lot more pale, and it is pale on the front too, uh, but the, the, the smokiness of it seems to go away. It stays a little bit bitter and not overly oily, not overly dry. Not as dry as a lot of the bourbons that we've had on the show. Um, probably right up there with like a higher higher end bourbon that we've had like maybe like heaven's door but definitely not like super duper oily but more so than other whiskeys that we've had without a doubt so my my first impression of this is it's got that light sweetness that mixes with the bitterness that i get from like a jameson a little bit from crown royal but it has more of those barley notes to it that i get from like jameson or from scotch uh that is definitely right up front. That's leading the show. I get some kind of a flavor that almost tastes like it's peated, and I genuinely do not know if there's anything peated in here or not, so that might be way off base. But it almost gives me a little bit of that flavor like you get from a peated scotch. Then the finish is very pleasant, um, and I would say overall it's more complex than I anticipated when they said that there was grain whiskeys in here. Usually your grain whiskeys, like I said, a little bit less flavor, at least in my experience. Uh, but I'm I'm very impressed. It's got a good amount of depth to it. Um, you can still taste some of the alcohol, and I'm gonna guess that's because this is a lower shelf. This is the lowest shelf Japanese you can get near us. Uh, I'm sure there are lower shelf Japanese, but near me, it's basically this, or you're up into the the high dollar amounts. So this is this is kind of an entry level Japanese whiskey, and I'm pretty impressed by the flavors that it's giving off. I will say it does still have that alcohol burn to it, though, that you would expect when you drink something a little bit lower shelf. The flavor does come through, though. I don't want to give off that impression. This isn't like the benchmark eight when we did the uh, higher shelf versus lower shelf episode. This is the, the flavors do come through. You don't have to really hunt them out. Uh, not even as much as Crown Royal, I would say. Uh, they're pretty pronounced. So I'm definitely impressed by it. I'm excited to see what notes they had online. It's going to be really interesting to compare since I don't have an awesome idea of what this is supposed to taste like. Uh, but let's start looking at those. So the color they put online, I just screenshotted everything that they put. So they put for the color, clear gold. That's very accurate. The clear is accurate. This is pale uh, compared to a lot of the other whiskeys that I've had. For the nose, they say basil, green apple, and honey. I noticed they put honey last, which is the first thing that I caught on to, so that's interesting. Uh, the basil and green apple. I can see green apple for sure. Probably not as much as like the basil Hayden. <laughs> basil Hayden, that tastes like green apple. Basil, green apple. There's some certain poetry in there. I don't know. But <laughs> it doesn't taste as much like green apple as the basil Hayden 10-year uh, rye that we had. But it does have a little bit of a light fruitiness that I can totally see. The basil is throwing me off. Let me take another smell. If I picture it in my head, I can smell it. I can see what they're talking about. It's very interesting. I've never really gone for herbs often with my with my nose or my palate. So that's definitely interesting. Now the palate, I'm actually impressed with myself because I didn't read this. Now I still continue to say that there's some honey and vanilla uh, leading leading the charge in there. But the palette that they put is grapefruit, green grapes, peppermint, and thyme. They're really big on the herbs, apparently. I think thyme is an herb, technically. That's technically an herb. Uh, but grapefruit. I did mention that I thought I was getting some citrus from it, and I thought maybe it was just me attributing it to monkey shoulder. Uh, but they're saying there's grapefruit in there, so that's very interesting. And I agree. I think there is a citrus in here, and it's not just in my head. I didn't get green grapes or peppermint or thyme, so struck out on that one. 
but I am going to taste it again to see if I taste them. I'm very interested to see. I don't think I could see green grapes, but I'm going to try it again. If I really reach for it, I can say there's definitely, there could be a little bit of green grape in there. There could be a little bit of peppermint. The peppermint in time, I would say there is almost just like an earthiness that could be like the herbs. There is like, I think what I was calling the peated flavor, kind of like leaves. Um, we Justin and I mentioned that peat kind of tastes like burning leaves. This does have that little bit of earthiness in there. I think that's what's what boldens it. And maybe that's what they're calling peppermint in time. I wouldn't say super minty, uh, but I can see the earthiness of having herbs in there. Now, the finish, they say sweet and spicy with a hint of vanilla oak, white pepper, and ginger. Ginger is very interesting. We're going to see if we taste that. Subtly sweet and spicy. Uh, I would agree. I don't get an overwhelming amount of different types of spices, uh, but I, it's definitely got a sweetness to it. it. It is a little bit oily. On that last sip, I, I really noticed that there's a little bit of oil to it. The vanilla oak, I could see. Um, not as much oak, definitely more on the vanilla. I think it kind of transitions where your nose is lighter and sweeter, your palate is earthier, and then your finish is once again lighter and sweeter. But it's kind of in between the nose and the palate. But I can see the the hint of vanilla with the earthiness of the oak. I, I don't feel like there's a lot of a wood flavor in here, not compared to like a bourbon. But I can see the earthiness that comes from it, similar to the peppermint and the thyme. Uh, white pepper and ginger, I can see the spiciness that the, or like tanginess that those would bring. Without a doubt, there's like a tanginess right when you swallow. I actually had thought about that on the last glass, the last sip that I had. Not glass. This is my first glass, I swear. <laughs> on the last sip that I had, I thought, man, there's something like kind of biting me a little bit at the end. And I could see that being the white pepper and the ginger. Uh, let's take another taste and compare to that a little bit. Yeah, I think that that finish I'm going to agree with. Uh, the the tanginess that you get from what I would call white pepper or ginger is definitely there. Uh, I think earthy is the best way to describe the parts of this that are not fruity or sweet. It's got this like walking through the woods, similar to like a peated scotch, like I'd said, like leaves. It kind of smells like leaves, like a pile of leaves in the fall. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, it doesn't smell. Tastes like a pile of leaves smells in the fall. It gives me that vibe, and I, I think it's pretty good. I'm very floored. I didn't expect to like it as much as I do. Now, I don't know where this would stack up. I'm going to say maybe above Jameson, that, that palate tasting episode that we had. But I'm going to say not above Monkey Shoulder. It's very good, though. I, I'm pretty impressed. The complexity of it is what's impressing me right now because you're not just getting the light flavors. You get just those on the nose, at least, in my opinion. But on the palate, you're getting a deeper earthiness to it, a deeper herbs, I guess, is what they're calling it. They're saying thyme. They're saying basil. I can kind of see that. Uh, you're getting that kind of a flavor to it. And that brings a little bit of bitterness, but it also rounds it out in a really nice way. So I'm going to say that this is this is definitely a good impression for me. It's not going to stay on the back of my shelf, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I want to take one more taste of it and just kind of experience it one more time without worrying about their flavor notes. Just going to kind of go through it again. I am floored right now. And I hope those of you sitting at home drinking this with me are as well. This is tasty. It's not overly harsh. 
which is what I guess I was anticipating. Maybe I just had a lack of faith coming in here. But it's not overly harsh. It's got this smoothness. They actually put silky with a subtle sweet and spicy finish as like the tagline for it. And that that silkiness, that's a good adjective. That's a good descriptor. Uh, It has this smoothness going across your tongue, almost oily, but it does take a little bit of the dryness, a little bit of the moisture out of your mouth, rather. Sorry, it does make your mouth a bit dry. But the overall mouthfeel of it is not harsh. It's not offensive at all. And I love, love, love how round the palate is. I can't say that enough. It's the nose brings this sweetness that is so counteracted by this what I'm guessing is the time. I don't know what time specifically tastes like. <laughs> Maybe that makes me sound dumb. I don't really care. I don't know specifically what time tastes like. So I'm just going to say herbiness. It tastes like herbs. And that herb taste in there is very pleasant. It really does round it out. And I doubt I would have called it out without reading the notes. There's no way. There's no way. I just knew that it tasted like like crumpled up leaves in the fall would smell. Um, and that is definitely rounding it out a bit. I would probably go for this, um, for a good tasting. I mean, I would go for this if I wanted something just to sip on without thinking about it much. I will say I'm, I'm calling the palate complex and I feel like it's probably because my expectations were kind of low. The palate doesn't really come in a lot of phases like red breast does. It doesn't really bring all of these different flavors, but it's certainly more complex than some of the other whiskeys that we've had on here where you are getting a sweetness and then a boldness and then the finish, you get more of the spiciness with that earthiness and the sweetness comes back a little bit. That is overall relatively complex. Um, it's certainly not the most complex that we've had. Uh, and I don't want to give off that impression, but for, for the price range for less than $40, I couldn't be happier with the way that this tastes. Uh, perhaps I'm now going to be a Japanese dr- whiskey drinker, Japanese drisky winker. Oh my. Yeah. I think I need to have another glass. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm definitely impressed by it. And I definitely, uh, will find myself trying more Japanese whiskeys on the show without any doubt. Uh, but I'm interested to see what everybody else thought, especially if this is your first Japanese whiskey. So don't hesitate to let me know. And we will have more of those coming soon. Like I said, we had more recommendations. So we're certainly going to have to try those recommendations. And I'm excited to see what they bring because this was an unexpected little bit of a delight uh, tonight while I was recording this episode. So I always like when a whiskey surprises me in a good way. I I hate when it surprises me in a bad way. But I love to see a whiskey that I guess maybe, I don't know if I want to say I underestimated it, but maybe I just didn't know what to expect. And it came right out of the gate with a very pleasant profile. I'm excited to see, I've heard, you know, Japanese whiskeys are similar to scotches. And this did remind me a bit of a scotch. So I'm excited to see if uh, that trend continues or not. But overall, uh, bad presentation, uh, a pain in the butt to open, and no cork, but a tasty drink, all in all. Uh, could be a little bit darker. It's a little bit pale, which makes me almost not... I think maybe that's what lowered my expectations, is how pale it was. I see pale, and I think, like, tequila or something. Uh, and it doesn't... It's not harsh. It's really not. And I don't... I'm not dissing tequila. I do like tequila. Uh, but I guess I was just expecting it to be a bit harsher than it was, so... 
overall, I would say a great glass. I'm excited to try more of them, and I'm excited for you guys to get to try more of them and let me know what you thought about the whiskey. But that is all that we had for today. Learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol